Hello everyone, welcome back to uh, Perfected by Blood. My name is Masood Dramandi and I am happy to be with you with another session from uh, our teachings on the book of Revelation where we discover the revelation of Jesus Christ, what it means, what it is, and uh, what is our story in this process. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel and if this is your first time being on this channel, please hit the subscribe button because you will be notified for our future um, videos that we upload and also you can uh, join us every Saturday um, for our live streams. They're just live Bible studies. It's fun. Uh, it's interactive. So join us every Saturday uh, in the morning of uh, North America, afternoon of Europe and also uh, night and midnight of the Eastern countries. If you haven't also received our uh, free ebook on simple guides to understand the Bible, you can just simply go to perfectedbyblood forward slash um, perfectedbyblood.com forward slash sign up and uh, basically join and receive this ebook. Uh, or you can just simply go to the description and click on the link that I will leave for you there. Okay, so let's go to today's uh, message. This is about chapter 17 of the book of Revelation. It's about Babylon. Okay, we have covered uh, the stories and revelations of the book of Revelation all the way from chapter 1 to chapter 16. Uh, we've read uh, and we've studied and we've discussed, but now this is about Babylon. And it's going to be actually two sessions uh, about Babylon. The first one, chapter 17, and then chapter 18. Now, um, I want to show you something right from the beginning about this. Uh, I'm going to actually switch over to my screen. Uh, so actually this big picture would help you to um, maybe uh, follow me or follow these teachings um, with uh, a mind that is ready to even be led by the Spirit of God uh, and you can go and study these things for yourself. Um, and, but before getting into the details, I have to say this, that if uh, something, um, basically a question comes up to your mind during this teaching that you feel like it's not discovered, uh, it's not covered in this teaching, I want to say that uh, there is a good chance that we have covered that in this series. Okay, so um, you can just go from the beginning, watch them, or we have so many videos that actually we have already talked about things of the book of Revelation in them. So um, don't judge the teaching by this one, uh, an hour, an hour and a half uh, session. Uh, please be patient and just watch the rest you will find your answer because on, obviously we can't cover everything from every aspect in just one short video. So please keep that in mind. But now the book of Revelation, let me show you something quickly. Uh, you know that we start uh, from chapter 1 and then we go to chapter 22. That's the end of the book. So somewhere along the way, which is here, which is where we are, chapter 17, we get to the story of Babylon. Okay, now I want to say something about chapter 18 and chapter 19 and then also uh, chapter uh, 11 and after that we have everything from 12, uh, sorry, 12 
I'm going to put everything here, 13, uh, 14, and 15. And the reason I'm doing this because I want to show you how this story of Babylon is uh, being revealed. It's not just like you're seeing the word Babylon for the first time. It's being spoken of before. And in fact, even there are places in the book of Revelation that doesn't um, specifically speak of Babylon, but Babylon is there. So uh, let me show you uh, what this is all about. Okay, so here in chapter 17, we have, and obviously these are all about Babylon. Chapter 17 is about uh, basically revealing or revelation of what Babylon is. Chapter 18 is about destruction of this Babylon. Chapter 19 is about final victory. Okay, and chapter 22, obviously, we don't have any Babylon. Instead of that, we have another city called New or Heavenly or Holy Jerusalem. Okay, so we are moving from Babylon to New Jerusalem. Now, uh, at the same time, in chapter 15, what we read is that the seven plagues uh, begin to be poured out on, uh, not Babylon, on Babylonians. Okay, chapter 14 is the declaration of this beginning of the seven plagues. Uh, chapter 12 and 13 is about what is in Babylon that is causing these people to be uh, become citizens of Babylon. And that's where we read about three beasts, the dragon, uh, the beast from the earth, the beast from the sea, and chapter 11 uh, basically is um, uh, the beginning of this story uh, of um, Babylon. But we read something about a city uh, that says, I'm going to show you this one, that says it's spiritually called Sodom and Egypt. Now, this is the same exact city. It's Babylon. Because if you pay attention to these, I mean, I will, explain, I will explain all of this. This is spiritually speaking. That means this is not Sodom, and that means this is not Egypt, but it's both Sodom and Egypt. That means it both contains the mysteries of the old Sodom and old Egypt because each of them represents something in the Old Testament and it says now spiritually speaking we have a metaphor we have a uh, something that is called a city and that city is both of them but this city is also Babylon it's the same exact city now uh, here what here is happening is preparation as I said, this is just the blueprint. I'm going to put this in front of your eyes and then I will explain. So don't be discouraged if you feel like you're not catching up, you're not uh, understanding this, I will explain. So this is the preparation uh, of a remnant. Okay, now, 
what is this all about? Uh, this story is about, uh, I mean, this whole thing is taken from the Old Testament stories. That means everything that you see here once actually happened. There was once uh, basically a Babylon uh, in which the people of God uh, went, went to, they were exiled to that land. So that's the first step here in chapter 11. And then in that land, there was a, an image that they were um, basically being caused to worship. And that's chapter, two and cha chapter 12 and chapter 13 of the book of Revelation. Then there was a call made um, in book of Jeremiah, which is actually the time of people being in Babylon, that Babylon is fallen. That is chapter 14. It's not yet fallen. It's a declaration that that is going to be happening. And then obviously we see um, Cyrus coming and uh, I mean, another kingdom comes and invades the kingdom of Babylon and rescues the people. So that's chapter uh, 15. Uh, and actually, I forgot to mention this is 15 and 16. This we covered last week um, in the last video, sorry. And then um, they come out of that Babylon, the people of God that were exiled in Babylon. Eventually, they come out and they go to their own land. What is their own land name? I mean, uh, Jerusalem. And this is exactly what's happening in chapter 22 of the book of Revelation. So from chapter 17, it's uh, basically coming out of Babylon, moving toward Jerusalem. So this whole thing that is in the book of Revelation once was physically, naturally fulfilled. Okay. Now, this is the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. That means this has nothing to do anymore with fleshly way of looking at things. This was supposed to be taken as the wisdom of God, showing to us what's happening inside of us. Now, Israel had a kingdom and it, it was, let me show you, uh, before they went to Babylon, uh, they had a kingdom. Okay, so now the, the thing is, um, so this was the kingdom of Israel. But then the kingdom of Babylon came and uh, destroyed their temple and took all the people, took them into Babylon. They were exalted in Babylon and they were caused to worship the God of Babylon. Uh, there was an image set but by Nebuchadnezzar and they were caused to receive uh, that image or basically worship that image. Now, who is the kingdom of God right now? I mean... I think it's clear, isn't it? When Jesus um, talked to the Pharisees uh, and the people of the law, uh, he gave them the parable of the vineyard and he said that uh, there was a man, there was a landowner who uh, had basically a vineyard and then he uh, gave this uh, vineyard to those who were hired and then at its season, he sent people to gather the fruits and they uh, killed them. But then uh, he sent again, he kill, they killed them. He sent another group, they killed them. And he finally said, I will send my son. Perhaps they would respect 
him. And he says, when the son came, they said, well, let us seize him because this is the, the heir. If you kill him, then this is forever for us. And Jesus said to them, okay, what do you think the owner of the vineyard would do to these people? He said, and they responded, he would um, take uh, this vineyard from uh, these wretched people and give to those who will bear fruit of it. And he said, you've spoken the truth. The kingdom of God, therefore, will be taken from you and given to a people that would bear its fruit. Now, so the kingdom of God would, was taken from Israel and was given to a people. Which people? Well, the book of uh, 1 Peter chapter 2 speaks of you now being a royal priesthood, a kingdom of priests. You are the kingdom of God that chosen generation okay so now we come to this story okay so who is the kingdom of israel now it's you it's me it's the believers of jesus christ so now this kingdom is the one that is being invaded by babylon i hope you're seeing this this is the kingdom that is being invaded by Babylon. So those who are in Babylon in the book of Revelation are none other than the believers of Jesus Christ. Now, if you deny this, you're denying the entire truth uh, being set before our eyes through the examples of the Old Testament. Because Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Everything that was written was written for our examples. That just as they went through, uh, uh, they were baptized into the sea, they were baptized into the clouds in the story of Exodus, so we have been baptized into Christ. Just as they went through wilderness, then now we are, being, uh, we are going through wilderness, we are uh, taking manna, we are taking that spiritual water from Christ. Uh, and likewise, just as they passed from uh, basically the Jordan River and they entered into the land that was promised to them we have and just as they began to worship another image they began to have desire for gods of other nations and they were taken captive to those nations which was Babylon likewise the church has been so now you would say well, but believers never worship another god yes we don't just like um, Israel didn't worship anything but Yahweh in the beginning but their perception of who Yahweh was was a golden calf likewise today our perception of who God is which was supposed to be his visible image Jesus Christ has been replaced by an imaginary uh, God or Jesus that has nothing to do with the Jesus of the spirit the Jesus that is being portrayed before our eyes by the Spirit of God. That's why there is now a Babylonian system over the entire uh, system of churches that has caused confusion to be ruling in the church. Because the word Babylon, uh, this word Babylon here simply means confusion. Okay, now... Um, this is very important for us to know that <clears throat> about this um, basically uh, story of Babylon, uh, there are a few things that are 
to be taken into consideration from chapter 17. I'm, I'm going to show you this and uh, we will go through them one by one. First of all, uh, let me show you verse... Um, uh, let me show you verse 6. Okay, uh, chapter 17, verse 6. It says, um, you know what? I think some of you may not be familiar with the uh, text. I have to read, therefore, the first at, at least five, six verses to know what I'm talking about because um, uh, I don't want to assume that you know the scriptures that are written in chapter 17. So uh, it's always great if you can open your Bible and follow with me. But if you don't have, if you're... Uh, I don't know, if you're working out or if you're driving or uh, if you can't get your Bible, then just listen to what I'm reading and then we would go on. Verse 1, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bulls came and talked with me, saying to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters. Okay, As I'm uh, saying, I'm going to actually put these on the screen. So we're talking about uh, the judgment of, uh, it says, the great harlot. Great harlot. And then it says, this one sits on many waters okay uh, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication okay so this uh, therefore it says that kings of earth has committed uh, this harlotry with her um, once again with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Okay, so now we have inhabitants of earth. They are made drunk with uh, the wine of her fornication. Okay, verse 3. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. Okay, this entire thing he says in the spirit. Okay, that means um, John began to have an, a spiritual understanding of these things. Anybody can be taken to uh, basically shown a vision. But what does that mean? Like when uh, Peter uh, was on the rooftop in Acts chapter, I think, 10, and uh, he, he fell into a trance and he saw a vision. And in that vision, there was unclean birds and animals uh, coming down on a sheet and he saw that and he heard get up uh, kill and eat that's the vision but what does that mean 
that's important. Okay, so likewise here, we're talking about the kings of the earth and the inhabitants of the earth. Easily people would take this and say, this is about like the kings of this nation and that nation. Has nothing to do with that. Okay, they would, um, I don't know, look at um, just like uh, the beast and the mark of the beast and all of that. And they would earthly uh, or through carnal understanding interpret that. But the spirit of God took John in the spirit to show him these things. In fact, right from the beginning, chapter 1 verse 10 says, I was in the Lord's day in the spirit and these things were shown to me. Chapter uh, verse 2 of verse 1 and 2 says that this entire thing is the revelation of Jesus Christ that is signified is being shown by signs. Okay, so all of these now needs to be understood in the spirit. So here we read that he uh, he was taken in the spirit and says, I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast. Okay, now it says she was uh, sitting on a scarlet beast. So she was on a beast. Okay, and it says... Uh, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads. So this one has seven heads. So this is very important. Seven heads. Okay, and then it says that um, the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abomination and the filthiness of her fornication. So about this woman, I'm going to put this here, that it says, let's see how many items we can capture. Okay, so it says that uh, this woman was arrayed uh, in purple, And scarlet adorned with gold and then adorned with precious stones and adorned with pearls And then uh, in her hand, she had a golden cup. And this golden cup was full of abomination. Uh, and the filthiness of her fornication. Uh, the word filthiness is uncleanness. So I'm going to put uncleanness uncleanness of her fornication okay and then it says that this entire thing it says on her forehead a name was written and this was the name so that her name is mystery babylon the great 
So first of all, it's a mystery. That means it requires revelation. No one can give revelation, no news, no Christian TV, no uh, basically going through the history to find out what this means. It must be through the Spirit. Okay, mystery means uh, if it's mystery by God, it must be become a revelation by God. So first of all, it's a mystery and it says this is the mystery Babylon uh, the Great. Uh, mother of harlots. Okay, so the next thing is, this is, she's a great harlot because she is a mother. Mother of what? Mother of some other daughters that are just like her. Uh, and verse 6, I end with this. It says, I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints. Okay, so now this woman, she is, I will put this here, she is drunk. But what she is drunk with is the blood of the saints. And with the blood of the martyrs. So saints and martyrs of Jesus. Okay, so she's, let me just highlight this so you can see this. All right, so she's drunk with the blood of the martyrs and the saints of Jesus. So now let's one by one go through this. Um, let's go to the book of um, the book of Second Corinthians first. This is a scripture that we so often visit because it's very clear. So let's look at Second Corinthians chapter eleven, verse uh, one. It says, "Oh, that you would bear with me in a little folly, and indeed you do." bear with me for I am jealous for you with godly jealousy for I have betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ okay chaste virgin to Christ who it says you a chaste virgin to Christ so if you are a chaste virgin, that means you are a woman. So you are a woman that you are a, you were supposed to be a chaste virgin, someone that has been um, faithful to her husband. Now, what do we have in the book of Revelation in chapter 17? We have also a woman, just like the woman in chapter 11 of 2 Corinthians. But instead of being a chaste virgin, She's a harlot. That's the mystery. Now, in fact, uh, let me take you back to Revelation chapter 17, end of verse 6. It says, And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. John says, When I received this revelation in the Spirit, when I saw this woman, that she was uh, 
arrayed in purple and scarlet. She was adorned with gold. She was adorned with precious stones and with pearls. It says, I was amazed in this scene. And I saw that she was the one who was basically sucking out the blood, the life of the martyrs of Jesus, the saints of Jesus. Why do you think he was amazed? Because he began, he, his eyes was open to see the church and what was going on in the church. He began to receive such wisdom that is so, so, so heavenly that he began to look at the church and the believers and what was ruling over them and the system that was set in the churches and through that and the words that God was speaking to him, he began to see the cause of so much uh, basically ungodliness in the church. Now, this has nothing to do with the law. This has nothing to do with, you know, uh, sin in the sense that people talk about. This is about uh, Paul, sorry, John to be raised up in the spirit to such an elevated perception that he could see uh, in uh, sign language uh, the rulership that was in the church that was oppressing people. Now, let me actually show you in more details. Let's go back to uh, chapter 11 because by now you should understand that the two women, uh, the chaste virgin and the one that is harlot, they are the same church. of Jesus Christ. Now I have to be careful how I say this <clears throat> and I say this and I will explain. There is a difference between the church of Jesus Christ and the system that is called the church of Jesus Christ. So the church of Jesus Christ is the one that he has washed, he has cleansed, she knows who she is, she receives the word, she receives the blood, she receives the water, she has been, she's being cleansed and sanctified. Her conscience is clean, she knows her husband, she's submitted to one husband. But the system, on the other hand, that is on the church, is a counterfeit reproduction of that woman. But she's not faithful to Christ, she is uh, basically the, uh, she's harlot, she's unfaithful. That's why. This woman is sitting on a beast. If you look at here, she's sitting uh, on a beast that has seven heads. Seven heads. And you know that Ephesians chapter 5 tells us that Christ is the head, the head of the church, one head. But this woman, she's not like that. And this beast is not the one-headed uh, Jesus. This one has seven heads, okay? Now, that brings us to not Jesus Christ. That brings us to another Jesus. If you look at uh, the rest of 2 Corinthians 11, after it says that I may present you to, a chaste, to Christ as a chaste virgin, verse 3 says, But I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by the craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted, uh, from the simplicity that is in Christ. The word simplicity must be singleness. That's why we have a single head 
and not many heads. You don't have seven heads. But it says this one husband, this singleness of Christ, is being manipulated, is being presented uh, through other doctrines and has portrayed another Jesus. That's the next verse. Verse 4, For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, basically, it says you may well put up with it. That means don't receive it. Okay, So don't receive another Jesus. I have betrothed you to one husband, and that's Jesus Christ. That's the one who uh, died for you, who uh, was raised. His blood, his word was supposed to be cleansing your conscience that you, you could see yourself beloved wife uh, of Christ that you are made one with him but it says now there is that serpent of old that twists the scriptures and it says now that in the book of Revelation chapter 12 actually showed us that picture I uh, if I take you back uh, in chapter 12 of this story, uh, we saw that it was about the dragon, which is that serpent of old, begin to actually doing this stuff. So what, what are we seeing? We're seeing a church that uh, some mindsets in that church, some teachings in that church, in the form of a seven-headed beast, begin to rule over people. Okay, now... <clears throat> And it says, they present another Jesus. So the dragon of chapter 12, uh, as it says, it falls down, but still it shows itself, manifests itself by the same picture of a seven-headed beast. This time in chapter 13, as someone called the beast from the sea. Okay, uh, And that beast from the sea is once again the one that has seven heads the same dragon manifests itself in different forms so it says they i'm afraid that the serpent of old would deceive you to worship another jesus and it says but that another jesus is the same serpent okay i hope you see this that another jesus is the same serpent just like that beast from the sea it's the same dragon it's no different it's just the sign language that is showing us the steps of how this deception happens that once you you feel like okay you're uh, you, you you know you've put away this way of thinking, but then it raises his, his head out of the waters once again and manifests itself in an, another form, and this is the one. This beast is the one that allows this woman exist. In fact, if you look at uh, this the next picture, uh, you'll see that. It's this beast that carries this woman, right? Scarlet beast, the seven-headed beast. We, we read this, that uh, she, the great harlot, is being carried by this beast. Now, <clears throat> uh, if I show you this in uh, the book of Isaiah, you would understand this more. Let's go to uh, the type and shadow of this story in the Old Testament, because I said everything is taken from the Old Testament. But look at chapter 2, uh, verse, um, verse, let's start from verse 1, chapter, two, uh, sorry, chapter 1, verse 1. 
uh, of the book of Isaiah. It says, uh, the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. This is Israel. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people do not consider. Alas, alas, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a brood of evildoers, children who are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked to anger the Holy One of Israel. They have turned away backward. Why, why should you be stricken again? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faints. From the sole of the foot, even to the head, there is no soundness in it. But wounds and bruises and petrifying sores, they have not been closed or bound up or soothed with ointment. In fact, you'll see this in the book of Revelation, even chapter 16 about these sores and uh, even chapter 13 about the head that was bruised, but then it was healed. So it's the same beast that continues to exist. That's what it's trying to say. <clears throat> so it says in the Old Testament, this was the story. Now it come to the New Testament and the church, just like Israel, the same stories are happening. And God is giving us wisdom, not for our destruction. Obviously, anything that I'm saying has nothing to do with you feeling condemned. Because if, if that's what you're receiving, you're not hearing the Spirit. This is the wisdom of uh, the Word of God, the Spirit of God, that is showing us the state, uh, the states of the spiritual states we go through from a harlot to a chaste virgin, or from a chaste virgin to a harlot. So uh, we can see what makes someone harlot, what keeps someone a chaste virgin, and what is the benefit of being a chaste virgin. Let's move on. Verse 7, your country is desolate, your cities are burned with fire. Strangers devour your land in your presence, and it is desolate uh, as overthrown by strangers. So the daughter of Zion is left as a booth in a vineyard, as a hut in a garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city. Unless the lords of hosts had left us a very small remnant, we would have become like Sodom, we would have be, been like Gomorrah. Here the word, this is now the people are saying, who? The people of Israel. They say we could have been like Sodom and Gomorrah. And what did I say about chapter 11 of the book of Revelation? It says this city uh, in which the two witnesses fall and die, it says that city or they, they fall into the street of this city. That says that city is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt. Okay, so because this is like taking the what Sodom and Gomorrah represent or what Egypt represent and apply it now to a city that doesn't really exist. Uh, it's not a literal city. It's not even an existent thing. God is showing the state of the church. Uh, or the state of the system that is ruling over the church, that instead of being a kingdom of, uh, 
a man, Jesus Christ, has become a kingdom of a woman, Babylon. Okay, instead of Jesus being the king inside the church, the church herself has become the king. Instead of having the doctrine of Christ in the church, we have the doctrines of the church and thus the seven heads. Why do you think we have seven churches in the book of Revelation and not one church? Because what Hebrews chapter 12 tells us there is only one church. It says you have come to the church, to the church of the firstborn. But why do we have seven churches in the book of Revelation? Well, because they have bound to seven husbands. And those seven husbands are seven doctrines that are ruling inside of the church. Okay, they are the seven heads that are ruling. They are named, I mean, the doctrine of Nicolaitans, the doctrine of Balaam, the doctrine of Jezebel, the way of Cain, um, the synagogue of Satan, all those uh, are doctrines that are being, uh, that people yield to, that people are under. Even today you see how much of the teachings that in some of the churches are just pure man-made rules and regulations. That they, just as what Jesus said to the Pharisees, that you, uh, you put burden on people and you yourself does not help by lifting it with a finger just like that it's the same thing that is happening and that's because the blindness that is in the church that the eyes of understanding do not receive uh, are not open and do not receive revelation from the spirit of revelation just like blind guides of pharisees and sadducees that jesus spoke to them and in fact we're going to see this woman has a cup that is filled with filthiness. Jesus talked to Pharisees and he said, you, uh, you cleanse inside of the cup. Uh, sorry, you, you clean the cup, but inside is full of uh, basically filthiness. So there is a parallel going on. Do you see between Babylon and the Pharisees and Sadducees, but not the Pharisees and Sadducees before uh, basically Jesus or at the time of Jesus the, the system that is a system of Pharisees and Sadducees now ruling over the church and their own doctrines and their own statements of faith and if you don't believe this you are not part of this church and if you don't abide if you don't you know that becomes a separation in a body that finally we see that we have a People, we have the people of God scattered, not united. We have a divided church. We don't have a united one church. We have divided. We have denominations. We have sects. We have like movements. We have camps. Everybody has their own names. But the name of the city of God is not on them. This is the state of harlotry that the submission is not to the teaching of Christ. The faithfulness is not to the teaching of Christ. The faithfulness has become to the teachings of men, to the doctrines of men. Again, Jesus talked about Pharisees in chapter 15 of the book of Matthew. He said, "You, um, um, these people worship me with their mouth, but their heart is far from me. And their um, teachings are the doctrines of men. Okay, so because... Uh, 
then what was supposed to be this teaching? The teachings of the Spirit, not the teachings of man, the teachings of Christ. The Spirit given revelations of what God is, who God is, uh, what God says, not what we read from the letter of the law. Okay, now there was a people, God came to them, Israel. He made them a people for himself, a kingdom for himself. They were supposed to be going to all nations and be a blessing to everyone and bring them to God, to reconcile them to God, to make God known to them, to be the witnesses of God on earth. The same exact thing that Jesus said to the church. They didn't. They were so um, basically giving themselves into the teachings of men. They were so into um, what was happening inside of themselves that they were scattered eventually. That's why I read for you Israel and Judah, not just Israel. The one nation of Israel was divided into two. Uh, if you know anything about the stories mentioned in the book of First uh, and Second Kings or even Second Samuel that starts from there, uh, you'll see that finally the kingdom of Israel comes to a place that the kingdom is established. David destroys all the enemies. They finally possess the land and there is no enemy there. And then he dies. He gives the kingdom to Solomon and Solomon is his son. And he once again uh, begins to turn his heart to other gods. And that's when God takes uh, basically tears apart uh, Israel from his tribe. So basically we have a division between Judah and the other tribes. There is only one other tribe uh, with them, Benjamin. Benjamin and Judah become one tribe and they're called the kingdom of Judah. And the ten other tribes become the kingdom of Israel. That's why anytime that you read the, um, pr the prophets, you see that it says uh, to Judah, and Israel, to Judah and Israel. In fact, if you read uh, First Kings, it uh, actually tells you, for example, uh, First and Second King, that uh, so and so became king in Judah, and they lived for forty years, and they uh, or they reigned for forty years, and then so and so basically became now the kings of Judah. And then it goes on to say now in Israel. Uh, this man became a king and then he died and the other one became a king. So these two go um, basically separately. So likewise in the church now we have that division and all these stories are repeating themselves, um, spiritually speaking. So now uh, the reason there is so much division and the reason the world is not being really fully blessed uh, by the church because there is so much going on inside the church itself. Now, this people of Israel, you, I mean, I read for you that what it said um, it has been happening to them. In fact, uh, it says what was their problems. Look at verse 10 of chapter 1 of Isaiah. It says, Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. He calls the rulers of Israel rulers of Sodom. Okay, You have to understand, you have to hear in the Spirit. Otherwise, this wouldn't make sense because Sodom doesn't exist anymore. This is like t thousands of years after the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. There was no mention of Sodom anymore. But yet God says, you rulers of Sodom. But he's speaking to the rulers of Israel and Judah. Okay, Because beginning, go back to verse 2. It says, you uh, Judah and Israel, hear the word of the Lord. So once again, hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of 
Sodom, give ear to the law of our God, you people of Gomorrah. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me? Sounds like works, says the Lord. I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of uh, fed cattle. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required this from your hand to trample my courts? Bring no more futile sacrifices. Incense is an abomination to me. Do you remember that this woman had a cup full of the abomination and uncleanness of her fornication? God says the same thing to Israel. It says you're, what you're doing is an abomination to me. And what were they doing? They were doing exactly what God had said. What was that? To burn incense, to bring sacrifice. But what, what was happening was that now it wasn't out of anymore, like what they were doing was works and um, inside in their hearts, they didn't have the same heart. Just like now that the uh, works in the church, the service, the labor, the uh, programs, they can replace the true heart of God inside the church. So that's why uh, we can, I mean, we've had this over and over. People say that uh, we go to church and we are told uh, that uh, if you are not, if you have sin in your life or you have whatever, you can take a communion. Okay, so what they're doing, they're doing communion but they have missed the heart of God. They have missed the whole point of communion was to show that was the remembrance that your sins are forgiven, not to bring to people's remembrance that they are sinful. So when you say that uh, if you have sinned, please don't come forward, please don't drink because you will be judged, that's just a veiled understanding of 1 Corinthians 11 that says whenever you drink, uh, you must drink worthily. Uh, they think worldly means not to have sin in your life and drink. Well, if I could have no sin in my life without the blood of Jesus, I didn't need the blood of Jesus. I wouldn't need Jesus. I was my own savior. See how twisted this can become. So it says what you're doing is not anymore because you know me. You are worshiping another God. You're sacrificing. You think you're worshiping them to one true God, but you're not. You're bringing them to an imaginary God. I'm not like that. So the New Testament shows us the same thing, that people, they think they worship Jesus, but they are worshiping another Jesus. And that's just because there are seven heads in the church. There are seven doctrines that are ruling in the church. Now, that seven doesn't mean seven. That represents the fullness of that uh, corruption that is in the form of teachings in the church. Um, one of them is Balaam. Go and read the story of Balaam, what it was. He cursed the people that God had blessed. He thought that he can curse uh, the people of basically God by putting, um, I don't want to go into details of that. We, can, we may cover that later. But um, let's go back. Once again, incense is an abomination to me. The new moons and the Sabbath and the calling of assemblies, everything that God had said. He says these are now abomination because what is highly esteemed among men, that's what Jesus taught. What is highly esteemed among men is an abomination to the Lord. When you miss the point, what you're doing to God is an abomination. When you 
do something externally but the heart motive is not anymore that pureness is an abomination now in that story i think it's luke chapter uh, 16 when it says people came uh, those who wanted to be justified by the law stuff like that jesus said well the law was until john since then the kingdom of god is preached and then he said what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination uh, to the lord that said even the law itself has become the keeping of the law has become an abomination to the lord okay see how uh, the things of God can be turned and twisted by people, uh, but God's heart can never be twisted. So here what we are reading about a uh, nation that is turning into something else, just like the church that is turning into something else because of what is going on. Let me go on. God says, I cannot endure iniquity and the sacred meetings. Your new moons and your appointed feast, my, my soul hates. They are a trouble to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Sounds like the woman of the book of Revelation. She was drunk with the blood of the saints. Now, what does that mean? The blood is the life of a body. It says the woman, she was drunk with the blood of the saints and the martyrs of Jesus. Now, when you take the blood, you're taking the life out. That means this woman, she's been taking life, sucking life out of uh, the martyrs of Jesus. Now, the word martyr, you read the martyr, martyr and you think like it's talking about people that they died. Obviously, physically death of the martyrs of Jesus. I mean, that's part of the story. We don't want to, uh, you know, um, take that honor away from these people, people like Stephen or even people at, in the early church, they were burned uh, basically alive. And over the centuries, even still now in many people's persecution, all of that is happening. But this is spiritual, a spiritual book. And I want to say, when you, uh, okay, first of all, the word martyr, Okay, the word martyr means the one who testifies. It comes, uh, the word uh, martyr, it's actually a transliteration from uh, the Greek. Martyrio is the verb form, which means to bear witness. And the book of Revelation is all about bearing witness. In fact, Jesus said, um, you, in Luke chapter 14, he said, you are my witnesses. That was after saying, while I was with you, I told you, these things must happen, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hand of the sinners, be crucified, be buried, and the third day would raise. And then he was raised in front of them. And he said, now you're witnesses of these things. You know, go and preach the gospel to every nation, baptize them in the name of the Father, the, Holy, the, the, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and uh, make disciples of all nations. They must be blessed by this truth. They must be receiving this grace of God. Okay, I said, you are my witnesses. And it says, this woman, she's sucking this blood out of these witnesses. These witnesses that they bear witness of the goodness, grace of God. They come not with uh, fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, just as Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. They come uh, basically... Um, uh, not by teaching of man, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Just as Paul said in 
Galatians chapter 1, I think verse 6, 7, 8, uh, their life is being sucked out by this system. What does that mean? They um, stand against the revelation knowledge of God that comes through those who bear witness of what the Spirit has revealed to them. So they, the Spirit reveals to them, they receive it, what, what Paul said, what we have received, touched, handled, seen, we bear witness of. Okay? So they receive from the Spirit, they give it, give it away, and Babylon is actually uh, drinking their blood out. She's taking this life out of them. She's resisting this truth. How? By seven other teachings that come right against this teaching, against revelation knowledge of the Lord. Okay? What is that revelation knowledge of the Lord about? It's the spiritual truth that reveals every plan of God from the beginning was about redemption. Now, let me show you how this redemption is going to come. It's going to be you understanding that you are called to be a royal priesthood and your body is the temple and God is moving with you through His Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, Melchizedek, inside of you, being one with your spirit and moving in the story of... Um, Okay, I missed my pen. Uh, in the story of, uh, let me actually change this. Okay, um, if this is uh, the story of the temple, which is your body. Now, the, the story is moving on uh, into perfection. Okay, this is the entire story of the book of Hebrews. It says, let us move on to perfection. Why are we still stuck uh, either here or here? We need to be here. Okay, and this is the most holy place. This is where you are having the glory of God or the glory of God is enlightening you. This is the place that you are living the kingdom life because it has the throne of grace. You sit as a king, then it has the rod of authority of Aaron, it has the life of hidden manna, and all those things. And it says, why should you stay here? Why you, should you stay here? And there are some that, just like Paul, Paul says, I was caught up. In fact, I have to do it this way. If you truly understand what Paul was saying, Paul said, I was cut up here to paradise. And then I, I saw things, I heard things. He was illuminated by the glory of God. He saw the heavenly man. He saw what himself basically in that place. And then he says, I came down. So he came to the realm of the flesh. He was dealing with people and he was explaining these things. And he says, a messenger of Satan, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. That means... Satan, opposition, adversary came against me because I was speaking these things. So what do you think that's speaking? That's what Revelation 17 says. The woman, the Babylon, is sucking out the blood. Paul's blood was sucked out. Paul's life was sucked out. By who? Just read 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, before the story of the paradise. I read verse 3 for you that it says, uh, those who bring another Jesus, go a few verse later, uh, maybe chapter, verse 10, 11, speaking of false apostles. 
and then go on to chapter 12 that speaks of now being caught up to paradise, to the third heaven. What is that? Here, the most holy place, where you begin to be having the fullness of the sights of God, uh, the revelation of God. Now, from that place, life becomes different. Now, it says some actually are caught up and they come back, caught up, come back, caught up, come back, caught up, come back. And because of this, revelation is increasing. But also there is opposition against this. And that's like uh, the Old Testament, that the prophets of God constantly were stoned. And Jesus said uh, the prophets always were stoned in Jerusalem. And they, were, they died in Jerusalem. Likewise, the prophets of God in the church are killed inside the church. Now, what does that mean? Not physically. They are basically they are the mar martyrs. They are the ones that bear witness and their witness is not received. I mean, Jesus himself said, uh, we, we, uh, uh, we speak of what we know and uh, let me actually rephrase that. Um, let me go actually and read it so you can get uh, the whole picture. Um, he said to Nicodemus in chapter 3 of the book of John, um, verse uh, 11, it says, Most assuredly I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify, bear witness of what we have seen, yet you do not receive our witness. That's like, uh, that's like, for them to be drunk with the blood of Jesus. That means to actually, not in a good way, not uh, to literally what Jesus said, if you drink of my, unless you drink of my blood, not that. They are taking, that's like the killing that happened. They killed him. Why? Because they didn't receive his witness. So it says now, it's not the same Jesus, it's the Jesus, it's the same Jesus in his people that is doing this, and people are not receiving his uh, witness, his, not his testimony. And because of this, now it says, I saw this woman and I was amazed with great, marveled with great amazement because I saw this woman that she was drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus, those who bear witness of Jesus and not to their own doctrines. They don't bring another Jesus. They, uh, they, are, they have remained as a chaste, virgin called a holy city, a holy Jerusalem, not a harlot Babylon. Now, please understand once again, Babylon eventually is destroyed. What does that mean? That a portion of the church is destroyed? No, that means that system that was ruling over the church is destroyed. Because as I said in uh, this story, this mystery has layers and has steps the story of Babylon. In chapter 11, uh, we, we see that just like, um, just like what happened in the story of Israel in Babylon, in the time of Nebuchadnezzar, we, you know the story of Daniel and his friends, they, there were always a remnant that they did not worship the false god. Likewise, it says right now there are a remnant that they do not worship this false Jesus this uh, beast okay they do not worship it and it says before this to happen they themselves must go through certain things 
Now, that certain things, uh, let me show you actually, this, this group remnant are actually spoken of in the book of uh, Revelation chapter 11. Let's go to Revelation 11. Um, And look at verse uh, 13. It says, In the same hour there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. Now, what city? Let me show you. I've spoken of this over and over, but let, let's just, let uh, in the same chapter, show you what this city is. Um, verse 8. Um, verse 7, it says, when they finish their testimony, their witness, it's a, talking about two witnesses, two martyrs, the beast, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, that's the great harlot of Revelation chapter 17, and their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where our Lord was crucified. Where was Jesus crucified? It was the city of Jerusalem, where not was not anymore bearing the name of Jerusalem. It was not the faithful city of God it had turned into a harlot because God was the one that was crucified by their hands. Isn't it? In fact, Paul preaches in uh, Acts chapter 20, he says he purchased, um, you, uh, basically shepherded the flock of God, the church of the living God, whom he purchased with his own blood. Shepherd the flock of God, the flock of God, whom he purchased with his own blood, the blood of God. Okay, so the city they were, that our Lord was crucified was the religious city. Now I know it was earthly Jerusalem in Middle East, but the mystery says spiritually, let's speak, speak of. There is a religious system that supersedes or uh, precedes that existed before even there was a Jerusalem. Go back to chapter 10 uh, or 11 of the book of Genesis and read the story of the first kingdom on earth, the first city that was truly a kingdom on earth, and you'll find Babylon. So it has nothing to do with Jerusalem. Of course, they, I mean, they fulfill these things, uh, literally, but now this wisdom is for the ages. Stories are gone, but wisdom is not, but their revelation is not. In fact, now is the time to benefit from those revelations. So that's, um, uh, let me see. Yeah, okay. So uh, that city spoken of, that Babylon, in chapter, in verse 13 says, in the same hour there was a great earthquake and a tenth of this city fell a tenth of this city fell. What does that mean? Let me read. In the earthquake, 7,000 people were killed and the rest 
were afraid and gave glory to God of heaven. 7,000 were killed. Okay. It says <clears throat> that, um, that a tenth of the city fell. Uh, let me actually switch to this picture. So we are in chapter, uh, we are in chapter 11. Okay. It says this city, this Babylon, uh, a tenth fell, but then it says 7,000 were killed. 7,000. What is that? Like there is going to be a day that 7,000 were killed? Let's go back to the beginning of Revelation. It says the revelation of Jesus Christ, which was signified, was sent and signified by his angels. That means numbers, trees, stars, uh, realms, earth, sea, heaven, uh, birds, uh, weapons, uh, horses. They are signs used to express a revelation. Numbers, 4, 3, 12, 144,000, uh, thousands of thousands, um, 12, I, I don't know, 12,000, uh, 7,000. Each represents something. What does 7,000 represent? Well, you have to go back to uh, where it's stated for the first time to find out. So let's do. Uh, I don't want to take you to the first time. I want to take you to a place that speaks of the first time. Let's go to the book of Romans uh, to understand what this one-tenth or the 7,000 are. Uh, in chapter 11 uh, of the book of um, Romans. It says, <clears throat> I say then, has God cast away his people? Certainly not, for I also am an Israelite, the seed of Abraham, of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away his people whom he foreknew. Or do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah, how he pleaded with God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars, and I alone am left, and they seek my life. Okay, he says, there was a time that uh, this uh, nation of Israel was so corrupted that even there was um, uh, idolatry and adultery with other gods of other nations and the uh, prophets, the true prophets of God were killed by who? Guess who? By someone not named Jezebel. And that Jezebel, who was a prophetess, uh, or basically she had her own uh, prophets, she was the one that was killing the prophets. Okay, now she was a woman. Now, that same woman is mentioned in the book of Revelation in one of the churches. That same woman is said to teach and seduce the servants of Christ. Remember, I said there are doctrines in the church, there are heads in the church. Now, this woman, of, that is in one of the churches, um, she has killed. 
Likewise, in chapter 17, we have the Babylon, the great harlot that is drunk with the blood of the saints. Now we come to the story of, the story of Elijah. He says, Lord, they have killed all your prophets, and I myself am left alone. Listen to the divine response. Look at what verse 4 says. But what does the divine response say to him, to Elijah? I have reserved for myself 7,000 men. Wow. <laughs> 7,000 men. Who are they who have not bowed the knee to Baal? So what does the 7,000 that were killed in the book of Revelation chapter 11 represent? They represent those who have not bowed their knee to Baal. What is Baal? Another God. Another Jesus. Who are they? They are the believers that although they themselves are in Babylon like Daniel and his friends, they haven't taken the false image of the false Jesus and they have kept themselves virgin to the Lord Christ. So the 7,000 represents the remnants. Now, why it says that they were killed? Well, because they witnessed, they, con they continue. The fact that they're killed, that means they have been a witness of Jesus. That means they have been a martyr for Jesus. That means they have never said anything that has not come out uh, of the Spirit of God. That means everything that they say is by revelation from the Lord. They don't have their own teachings. They don't value their teachings. They don't have their opinions. They don't have their denominations. They don't have their sect. They don't have their own camp or movement. They don't have their own kingdom. They don't have their empire. Their sole purpose is to bring the teaching of Christ that says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away, all things have become new. And they are stating what the God of chapter 21 states. It says, I am the beginning and the end, the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last. I make all things new. That means these people are the people of new creation. But as I said, they themselves have gone through stages. They themselves have had impurities in their minds and hearts. They themselves, in chapter, starting from chapter six, 6, when the seals were broken, up until chapter 11, where they are finally killed, they've gone through stuff. They are the same people that in chapter 12 are being born from a woman, this time the virgin church, and they become the man, the, uh, the male son, uh, it's called also man-child in some translations, that sits on the throne. Okay, they've gone, they've, they haven't been on the throne, they've gone through certain stuff, they've had their own cleansing, they've had their own correction by the Lord, they've been submitting themselves to uh, the true teachings of Christ, they have come to realize, oh, okay, I died with Christ. Uh, I don't set aside the grace of God because if righteousness could have been by the law, then the Lord died in vain. They don't have other teachings. They don't have a mixture in their wine. They don't take the blood of Christ with, mixed with another wine. They don't, like the people of Israel in Babylon, they don't take the wine of Babylon. They are submitting themselves the truth of 
I died with Christ. I, it is no longer me who lives. They're not allowing uh, false teachings and false perceptions and thoughts and strongholds and imaginations to defile their conscience, to see themselves as a false image and not the image of God. They have gone through this, okay? So, and this is obviously, this, is, this doesn't mean that, like, I mean, we've heard uh, over the years uh, stuff like, God is doing this to me to teach me, or God is not allowing me to be healed because he's working in me. No, no, those are not the stuff. I'm talking about correction in the form of a word coming out of the spirit into your soul that your heart and your mind can be transformed so that uh, a heart that was uh, condemned can be free. A heart that was having different motives can be purged. A mind that was uh, seeing things according to the old could be renewed. I mean, all these things are obviously in chapter 21 and chapter 22. We will get to them. But I hope you see that this um, story of Elijah, this is in First King, I think, chapter 19. For the first time, the number 7,000 is used. So we came to uh, this picture. We came to the story of one city in chapter 11. Uh, tenths of that city fell. Seven thousands were killed. And I said, these are the remnants that are made ready to leave Babylon, to come out of Babylon. Okay, these are not all the peoples of God that come out of Babylon. These are just one-tenth, a tithe, coming out of Babylon. Okay, and, but there is a call in chapter 18 of the book of Revelation that is now to everyone who hears the Spirit, and it says, come out, my people, from her. Okay, so that's why I wanted you to see that this has nothing to do with God destroying a portion of believers. No, this is about the wisdom. Once again, if you hear, you get the wisdom. Chapter 18, uh, verse um, 4, it says, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. So I said, chapter 11, a remnant come out, just like in the story of Israel, uh, that were in the bondage of Babylon, in exile in Babylon, uh, when they were made free, when Cyrus says, hey guys, get up and go. I mean, I will I mean, go and build uh, your temple once again. Go to Jerusalem. They didn't go. I mean, just a group went. They went by, uh, you know, groups over, I think, uh, several uh, decades. I mean, I think 50, 60 years it took them to come out. Some of them actually never came out. So, likewise, it says it's the same thing that is happening, just like uh, Ezra and Joshua and Nehemiah and um, Zerubbabel and all those people were participant uh, in bringing some people out and establishing once again or building the temple of God, restoring the temple of God in Jerusalem, R right now there are a remnant, those who have responded to the call of God, to the spirit of Christ and not uh, basically other teachings, and they're coming out of this system. They're not binding themselves to the doctrine of man. They are submitting themselves to the spiritual wisdom of God, and they come out. Okay, so let's go back. Uh, to chapter um, uh, 2 of the book of Isaiah, because I wanted you to see this. I said all of this um, in 
chapter 1 of the book of Isaiah, verse 16, Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Uh, all of that. Verse 18, it says, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. He just said, okay, I don't want your sacrifices. I don't want your incense. I don't want your new moon and Sabbath and the feasts. Let's reason together. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be wool. How? Verse 17, if you are willing and obedient, what does that mean? If you hear what I say, don't do here. Sounds like the book of Revelation. Sounds like seven epistles of Jesus to the churches. He who has ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Stop doing what you think you must do and hear what I have to say. Look at verse 21. How the faithful city, how the faithful city has become a harlot. I think it's clear now. The city is Jerusalem. It's basically the nation. It says, you were faithful to me. Now you have become harlot. So what do we have in the book of Revelation? We have a faithful city that has become a harlot. But the good news is the same harlot of... the. Look at verse 21. The faithful city has become a harlot. Now in verse 26... At the end, the exact opposite happens. Verse 26, I will restore your judges as at the first and your counselors as at the beginning. Afterward, you shall be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. Okay, that's the good news. So faithful city first, harlot then, but then after that, once again, faithful city. Just like the book of Revelation, we have the city of God, in the beginning, I mean, God, the day that the Spirit of God was poured out, uh, the city of God was established on earth, the church of the living God. But then it turned into Babylon, but then chapter 21 of the book of Revelation, once again, you have the bride. Um, so it's the bringing out of that uncleanness into cleanness, the same group of people. That's why uh, Ephesians chapter 4 speaks of uh, Christ uh, cleansing the church as a woman and make her uh, basically um, uh, wash her by the washing of her word. What is he doing? He's taking out of uh, fornication into uh, virginity once again. He's taking out of, he's taking her out of that place of unfaithfulness to faithfulness. What does that mean? From not being submitted to what he says, his teachings, to being submitted and yielded to his teachings. And he says, for this to happen, God needs to restore judges. God needs to restore judges. I just read for you. Now, if you look at chapter 19, uh, chapter 20 of the book of Revelation, um, there is a group of people that it says they are the priests of God, priest of Christ, and they shall sit on throne and they shall judge. Okay, now what kind of judgment? Not fleshly judgment, not like, okay, you've done this and this is the punishment. No, 
they have eyes like flames of fire and they can see through and their judgment is not to bring death is to take death out of people that's why later in chapter 20, uh, 20 yeah at the end of chapter 20 you'll see that uh, death and Hades begins to give up the dead that they were that were in them we will get to all of that uh, when we get to chapter 20 but anyways look at chapter once again uh, two of Isaiah one of Isaiah verse 21 how the faithful city has become a harlot it was full of justice or the word is judgment righteousness lodged in it but now murderers your silver has become dross your wine mixed with water didn't I say it's like a mixture now uh, it's not the purity of the word of Christ there is a mixture it's not the blood of Christ anymore it's another wine that has come also um, and okay if I read all thing it would be too much uh, let's just go back and uh, look at a couple of other scriptures and we will finish I think it's been uh, quite long today but um, yeah, I'm trying to see if there is something important that I need to cover. Okay, so uh, remember this woman. Um, let me show you this once again. Yeah, about this uh, woman, we read about this great harlot. She's, it says that she was arrayed, arrayed, or adorned, adorned. Uh, with what? With purple, purple, scarlet, gold, precious stones, and pearls. If you go to the book of Revelation, uh, chapter 21, you see these things are said about the new Jerusalem, that it was a city of pure gold, precious stones, pearls, gates of pearls, and all those. So it says, likewise, this woman is adorned with this stuff. So what does that mean? Uh, let me show you uh, Matthew chapter 23 to understand. Because it said also, also she had a cup filled with um, basically her filthiness of her fornication. Look at Matthew chapter 23, uh, verse uh, 1. It says, Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes uh, and uh, to his disciples, saying, the scribes and the Pharisees, you must listen now, okay? You must listen in the spirit. I don't... I shouldn't explain all of this. Just listen to every word. Jesus said to his disciples and to the multi multitudes, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. seat. Scribes and Pharisees. Put that as Babylon, as religious system. They sit in the Moses' seat, not in Christ's seat. Okay? Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, uh, observe and do but do not do according to their works for they say and do not do for they bind heavy burdens heart if you want to understand Babylon just read Matthew chapter 23 for they bind heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on men's shoulders but they themselves will not move them with one of uh, their fingers but all their works they do to be seen by men they make their uh, phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. They love the best places at the feasts and the best seats in synagogues, greetings in marketplaces, and to be called by men, 
Rabbi, Rabbi. But you do not to be called Rabbi for one is your teacher. Sounds like not seven, not seven heads, not seven doctrines, not both Balaam and Jezebel and Nicolaitans and uh, Cain and all of that. One teacher, not men, one teacher. And who is that teacher? The Christ. And you are all brethren. Do not call anyone on earth your father for one is your father. He who is in heaven, and do not be called teachers, for one is your teacher, the Christ. But who, but he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. Okay, let's go on. Verse 13. But vote you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. Why? Because Jesus said, until the John, and then since John. Since John, the kingdom of God is being preached. Until John, the law and the prophets were. So it says, you shut up the kingdom of God. Now, what does that mean? They keep people under the law and the prophets. Let's move on. For you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Vote you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour uh, widows' houses. Okay, let's move on. Um, verse 17, it says, Fools and blinds, for which is greater, the gold or the temple that is sanctified, that sanctifies the gold? The point is that they are blind. Okay, once again, uh, verse 19, Fools and blinds. Okay, second time. Look at verse uh, Twenty-four blind guides, another time, uh, who strain out a, a gnat and swallow a camel. Vote you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside, adorned with gold, precious stones, pearls, arrayed in purple and scarlet. Sounds familiar, isn't it? It's like just the woman of uh, Revelation chapter 17. So it says, you, uh, you cleanse outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of exhort, uh, extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees first cleanse the inside, the inside of the cup and dish, and the outside of them uh, may be clean also. Vote you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs. You are like tombs. You are like graves. Pharisees are like graves. That's amazing. So that should change your understanding of grave in the Bible a bit. That should just be a key for you to whenever you read grave to start seeing things. So for you are like whitewashed tombs with uh, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly. I mean, I showed you Babylon, outwardly beautiful. I mean, the system, the program, the doctrines, how amazing that it looks. But what is inside? Is there life inside? No, dead bones. But inside are full of dead, dead bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you're full of hypocrisy 
and lawlessness okay so therefore the faithfulness is to the teaching this is not about works this is about faithfulness to the truth that doctrine that has been delivered to us what is the doctrine i mean grace mercy love goodness that the mystery of christ is that you are one with him in all the way from his crucifixion to his ascension uh, i mean that's what paul preached that don't you know that whoever is baptized into his death is bapt baptized into christ is baptized into his death that just as um, that we were uh, crucified with him and buried with him so just as we shared in the likeness of his death we shall also share in the likeness of his resurrection that's romans chapter 6 or ephesians uh, chapter 2 that once while we were still sinners he uh, basically de dead in our trespasses and sins he made us alive together with christ and he seated us together with him like all the way so he says this teaching if begins to penetrate in the church if this teaching becomes the only teaching in the church if this becomes the consciousness of the people and if people don't fight over doctrines they don't bring their own perceptions if they start from here and they don't deviate from it if they stand on the mystery of christ being one with him that there is one christ one head one father one lord one baptism one faith that we can we can all come to the unity of this faith then we would be also in the measure of the stature of fullness of christ all of us the perfect man we don't need to be that beast uh, of revelation we can be the male child the male son that is on the throne we don't need to devour people we can be actually the one that brings life we can be the sons the gates of the holy jerusalem through which others enter and drink of the river of life that is inside that's the whole mystery so it says get this that you must come out of babylon this i will cover in another session that's about the destruction uh, this has nothing to do being about being angry at people because if you are angry at people then that means you haven't heard the message if you are angry as a at a preacher or teacher or your pastor or whatever then that means you haven't heard the message okay so please don't go and act uh, rude uh, to people don't uh, tell them that you are Babylon no this is a wisdom for you that you may keep like Jesus never was rude to people he never went um, to you know say how they have taken advantage of him no he everything that he said was out of the heart of love he was bringing correction and through that we see that changes began to happen likewise Paul did the same and those who have ear to hear now in the church those who want to overcome they will do the same so this is for you not for others this is for you and not for your pastor this is for you and not for your prophet or apostle or a teacher whatever you want to call this is for you begin to understand that uh, what you must be fed with is the teaching of christ it's the wine of uh, the lord himself is in the cup that the lord himself gives you to drink not uh, a cup that is made by men not that uh, just like i mean the people of um, uh, babylon and uh, nebuchadnezzar he went to the temple of god uh, at the time of destruction of the temple in jerusalem he took every article and cup 
and things, the golden things, those that are divine from God. He took them into his own land, to Babylon, and they began to drink in those cups. So now it says, uh, don't drink uh, from a cup that seems to be uh, the cup of the Lord, but inside what it has is not what the Lord gives. They are pouring in that cup things that are not from God. Cups, I mean, if according to the book of Revelation, if the church is the lampstand, the church is also the cup. The church is also the bread. The church is also the ark. The church is every article or every furniture of the temple represents who you are in different stages and levels and realms and dimensions. Okay, so likewise, when we are talking about this, you don't become the cup in the hand of Babylon to feed others with the filthiness of her teachings. That's the message. Don't, and also you yourself don't drink first from it. So keep yourself pure to the Lord. Keep yourself pure to His teaching. See yourself free from uh, anything that was binding you before and begin to, uh, you know, enjoy uh, this life with the Lord in the joy of His kingdom. Uh, drink of his wine, uh, be fed, grow, and you will be a light. Just like Jesus said, you are a city. The city that is set on a hill, New Jerusalem, heavenly Jerusalem, cannot be hidden. Let your light so shine. So be who you are. Uh, you grow, and uh, from the place of grace and mercy, you can help a few. Just like uh, Jude says, some you can bring out of this fire with mercy, some with compassion. So just do it. If the opportunity presents itself, do it. But uh, I hope this was helpful. This is this was chapter 17 of uh, the book of Revelation. Next, uh, in the next teaching, I will cover uh, the rest of the mystery of Babylon, which is mostly the destruction of Babylon and how this is going to happen in chapter 18 and we are getting to the end of the book of Revelation but as you see there is so much every symbolism is important to understand and it's too much we uh, actually uh, have started a series a course uh, called the Revelation of Jesus Christ and every week we are releasing a couple of videos and we are going slow uh, we are going verse by verse and uh, symbol by symbol and word by word to show what they represent if you are interested uh, you can simply go either to our website and just cling, click on courses and uh, memberships. Uh, you will get information or you can directly type perfectedbyblood.com forward slash PBB revelation. Okay. Um, in fact, let me show you and just make sure that the link that I'm giving you is correct or the address. So, um, no, if you simply go to... Um, perfectedbyblood.com and then uh, on the top right here you see courses and memberships just click on it and the first thing that you see is uh, this revelation membership click on here to learn more and all you need to know about uh, this course is here there is a short video for you to Watch what this is all about and uh, some couple of testimonies of people that have been going through the teachings and what this is about. I mean, uh, as I said, we are not uh, teaching the book of Revelation in a way that is being uh, commonly known in the church. 
uh, about like the coming of Jesus and destruction and rapture and tribulation, all those stuff. This is not about that. This is about revelation of Jesus Christ given to a spiritual people to actually uh, live the kingdom of God on earth. And then if you, uh, you know, click on any of these buttons or just come down, you'll see what this is exactly about, what are uh, included in this. You'll get uh, access to our Zoom calls, our community, and the course itself. And I know that it would be a blessing to you. Okay, guys, bless you, and we will see you uh, in the next teaching.